Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. Uh, Jacob and Tyler here recapping week two. Uh, crazy week two around college football, especially inside the top 25. And uh, we'll get right into it right away. Uh, big game, Big 12 future SEC team, and uh, the SEC powerhouse going at it in Austin, Texas. Great football game for a noon game. Uh, Alabama pulls it out as the number one ranked team, 20-19 to 19, late in the game, getting a field goal to win the game. Texas leaving a little bit too much time on the clock after they went down and got a field goal of their own. Uh, it was a great game, Tyler. Yeah, very good game. It was big noon kickoff. Yeah, just – Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. I think they did a phenomenal job calling the game. Uh, we had this on our parlay. We uh, took Alabama to cover, and that did not go as a uh, – this Texas team, man, especially with Quinn Ewers, this offense was just on the money all day. And it just sucks for Texas fans. They had to deal with this the last time played Alabama. McCoy got injured in the first quarter, and now we see it again with a true freshman quarterback in Quinn Ewers. Uh, but you got to give it to Texas. There's no moral victories in college football, but I feel like Texas, you know, they've been like, we're back, we're back. But honestly, I think this could be the game, you know, this could be the measuring stick that they can use going forward. They're going to be joining the SEC here in a couple of years with Oklahoma. But Alabama, this was the most undisciplined that I've ever seen in Alabama under Nick Saban just like 15 penalties over 100 yards of those penalty yards, would, which was just unacceptable for this Alabama team. Uh, did not look like a number one on Saturday afternoon there. But uh, I think the, the really downside to this was what the play of Will Anderson. I mean, he sees himself as the best college football player, and I do myself. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what was going on. Uh, in his head, he was just making some boneheaded mistakes, you know, offside penalties, like three or four side penalties. And then he had that one, I think it was in like the third quarter, had a personal foul. But yeah, this Alabama offense looked inept and it didn't look like the Alabama offense we saw last year with Mechie, Jameson Williams really can really put the top off uh, on the defense. So. Very concerning uh, for Alabama, but Texas, I mean, you got to feel pretty good. I know you're going to lose Quinn Ewers for like four to six weeks, but if you can ride the ship, I think this Texas team can win the Big 12. 
Yeah, definitely showed uh, that they can be the future team uh, that could give Alabama – uh, some problems uh, when we get to the SEC West here in the next couple of years, for sure. Uh, moving on from that game to our next game, stay with one SEC team that has been talked about a lot over the offseason and arguably the best team right now in the Sun Belt Conference, and that's Appalachian State going on the road and facing sixth-ranked uh, Texas A&M. Great football game, uh, battle in the trenches. Uh, as we talked about, it really uh, really was a line of scrimmage type game. App State's run game was going all day on AM and really AM didn't have an answer on defense for them. Uh, even though it was a low scoring game, as we can see, it uh, it it was kind of interesting. And, and I felt like it was suspected though. I mean, it was it was just one of those where it was like I, I don't know, and I think App State's been circling this game for a couple of years, knowing that they're going to College Station to play a team that has been on the fence. Um, and I I know it frustrates me that Texas was ranked uh, Texas A and M sorry was ranked sixth in the first place, uh, and it kind of showed that they're not even close to being a sixth ranked team in the country after this loss. Yeah, I tell you, man, App State is a program that's born for these moments. I mean, go back all the way to the Michigan upset and now this. I don't think it's as big as the Michigan upset since uh, Appalachian State uh, was like FCS. Uh, I think it was like a – I don't know how they – it was like a one double A school back in the day. Now they converted to FCS. So now they're, they're a Sunbelt school. Uh, but, yeah, Texas A&M, I don't know what Jimbo Fisher's thinking of rolling out Haynes King out there. He's just not the answer. I mean – at some point in the game, you know, at half, you only had seven points. Like, pretty much your only offense was that 95-yard kickoff return, and that was your pretty much only offense. Texas A&M really couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, it's just Haynes King only had 97 yards passing, and that's just going to lose you every college football game. I mean, you can't play this vanilla offense anymore like how Jimbo did back in the day in 2014. That's long gone. You have to have an offense now in college football, the era that we live in, is you got to be able to score points and you have a good defense. Texas A&M has one of the best defenses in the country. The problem is the quarterback, and I really like hinted on our like our Southeast Sports talk about Texas A&M when we previewed them. Like this Texas A&M, you know, defense has the talent. You have all, the offensive talent with Chain and then Anaya Smith. But the problem is, you know, you get it. You get a guy like Max Johnson but you don't even use them. So what was even the point? But I got to give all the credit to App State. I think their defense uh, really played well. I think uh, their run game against Texas A&M's defensive line uh, was really eye-opening for the Aggies. But, hey, you got to give it to App State. The Sun Belt had a very good Saturday. Yeah, all credit to Chase Bryce in that, in that App State offense and that great win. Uh, moving over to our Pac-12 Big Ten matchup for the week, uh, Washington State – Traveled across uh, halfway across the country to face off against uh, Wisconsin and Camp Randall. Tough place to play. One of the toughest in in college football to play. Uh, Washington State didn't seem like they have a problem with it. And I know that you watched this game, and you know you were kind of suspect on whether Wisconsin could hold on to this or not. Um, and it showed. I mean, Washington State came out and ended up, you know, winning. Uh, pretty narrow margin you know i mean it 17 14 they end up winning on the road but it, it comes down to at the end of the day wisconsin not being able to put points on the board i mean this is the reoccurring theme for wisconsin every year 
Graham Mertz is still there. You you would think by now they would figure it out, some sort of offensive uh, scheme for him and where he fits with that offense because they were they really went all in with him and uh, just nothing yet for them and and a couple of seasons that uh, have been pretty lackluster. And uh, Washington State, all credit to them, went in and fought in a tough game, and they knew it was a big game, and, and they showed up. Yeah, like Texas A&M, I feel like Wisconsin's on the same boat, just running out Graham Mertz uh, every week. I just don't think that he's the answer. I mean, you have a guy in Braylon Allen. He's one of the best uh, running backs uh, in the Big Ten. He has experience uh, with this Wisconsin team. I mean, Wisconsin's always been a team that's going to win ball games. is going to stay in ball games with their defense. They did just that. But their offense were just inept the whole entire game. Washington State uh, did just enough on the offense. They didn't have to do uh, too much. I mean, they did have some struggles in moving the ball. But this Washington State team has always been pesky uh, in the Pac-12. They've been showing that ever since the Mike Leach days. So they showed here in a hostile environment in Camp Randall. So a lot of question marks are around that uh, Big Ten West of who is going to be that team. Because every team in that division already has one loss already. Purdue lost to Penn State in the opening weekend. Wisconsin loses here. Iowa loses to Iowa State uh, this weekend. And then Nebraska, we know what's happened then. And Northwestern loses to Duke. So who knows who's going to win that? It's just a wide open one. I think that Minnesota is the only team that hasn't lost yet. So they're uh, number one uh, in the Big Ten West as of right now. But, yeah, got to give credit to Washington State. This, is, this could be a win that, you know, can vault them into Pac-12 contention. Yeah, for sure. And I think going back to that, you know, talking about the Big Ten West and, you know, a lot of teams have lost. I mean, everybody except for one has lost a game so far this year. Um, I think the biggest thing there to note is that when UCLA comes over and joins the party and USC comes over and joins the party over there in the Big Ten, they're going to be put in the in the West. And uh, that's if, you know, divisions stand at that point. But that really takes a lot of teams out of contention like Wisconsin. I mean, it really, UCLA to me seems like a better team than Wisconsin at, at this stage of the ball game, and USC is definitely a better team than Wisconsin, uh, and I think they would be the best team in that division. And of course, we'll get to that here uh, soon when when this all does happen the next couple of years. But for sure, I mean, I I, I think it's it's very eye opening, and it just shows you how dominant the Big Ten East is, and uh, it has been, and it will be for for the next couple of years until they get some new blood in there. It's coming. It's, it's just, it's not there yet. Uh, and a team that is going to get some new blood soon, hopefully at the head coaching position. Uh, and we'll get to that in our news later on in the show is Nebraska. Uh, they could not hold on in Lincoln. They faced off against Georgia Southern another big, uh, sorry, another Sunbelt team going on the road and getting a win, uh, Great for that program, absolutely great. They struggled a lot last year, uh, a below 500 season last year, comes back and uh, gets a big win against a Big Ten team that's struggling. I think it was a good pick by them to go and play Nebraska. They're collecting a fat check and they're collecting a dub and going back to Georgia. So good for them on a 45-42 win. Uh, they hung on in defense at the very end, came out of defense, and they they absolutely balled out. I mean, you think that, you know, at the end of it, it's an 87 points is is the total amount of points in this game. And defense is the thing that ends up winning the game at the end. 
uh, great for them and, and great for that program. On the other side of things, Tyler, where does Nebraska go from here? I don't know. The wheels uh, fell off in week zero uh, when they played in Dublin against Northwestern. Uh, they, you know, on the first offensive drive, Casey Thompson uh, finds a wide open receiver, Trey Palmer, for a touchdown. You think after that, all right, this game is going to be a blowout. Nebraska is going to be legit. But then, uh, you know, Northwestern and Ryan Helinski just had a game of his life uh, there. So Nebraska started the season 0 1. And they go home. I think, I don't know who they, I forgot who they played. It wasn't someone really worth uh, noting but you know they really struggled in week two they got the victory but you know it wasn't like a, a blowout victory in all fashion so they're one-on-one they're just happy you know to get the, the first one of scott frost's uh, uh season in 2022 uh but now you go here you're at home you know you're a heavy favorite you're a double digit favorite against george southern and then you lay an egg and that all falls on to the head coach. I think that Scott Frost should have been gone after last year. People are saying, oh, this is the best, like, three and nine team in the league. I don't know if that's even really the case. Like, oh, you're the best three and nine team. Good for you. Here's your gold star. If you went three and nine, I mean, Scott Frost, he did a good job at UCF. I mean, UCF, this is why, you know, they're on the map because of Scott Frost. I think uh, personally he should have stayed there at UCF. I think he could have built a, a powerhouse like Cincinnati is with Luke Fickle, uh, but he wanted to go back uh, to where he played college football in Nebraska. But this Nebraska team just looks lifeless on the defensive side. I mean, back in the day in the 90s, like Nebraska was called, you know, their nickname on defense was the Black Shirts. And that that this defense ever since did not look like that on Saturday. Georgia Southern – uh, used to be a team who ran the triple option. Now they kind of run the pro-style offense. But I think that Georgia Southern had the best hire of the offseason with Clay Helton bringing him on, the former USC. Didn't work out there, but, I mean, Georgia Southern, you know, was a team, you know, a couple of years ago they were a 10-win team. And now, you know, they're starting the season 2-0. They get a road test uh, this week, and, you know, some belt is looking wide open between App State, Georgia Southern, maybe even potential of South Alabama. They continue to put up points on the offensive side. But yeah, Nebraska, this is going to be another rough year, especially now that uh, Scott Frost is out the door. But like you mentioned, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on to our next game, number 24, Tennessee, uh, going on the road to face number 17, Pitt. A 34 to 27 win for Tennessee and the Vols on the road. Great game, excellent game. Kind of for Pitt, it was kind of the same game as their game last week against West Virginia. It looked identical, uh, just facing off against another team. Uh, it seems like Pitt's going to be that team that's going to hang on by a thread and win some close games this year. Uh, and I don't see them staying inside the top 20 for that reason. Uh, hanging on by a thread against the Tennessee team that looked like they struggled a lot in the first half. Uh, they really didn't know their identity in the first half and, and just couldn't figure it out. And you come down to the end of the game, I get that, you know, on Pitt's side, Slovis gets hurt. He's injured, leaves the game, and you have a young guy that comes in and basically has to carry the load for that team. And uh, he was injured. I mean, he was limping around all over the place. And – uh couldn't run at all, and it was really a, a Ben Roethlisberger-type offense in that stadium, uh, and it was uh, – he just had to get rid of the ball quick, and 
I mean, Tennessee was bringing the house every time because they knew that the stage, you know, he had to get rid of the ball. And if not, he was going to get sacked. And uh, it came down to the last seconds and Pitt had a chance. And that ultimately uh, went away because of Tennessee's defense and, and then coming up big at the end of the game there. But excellent game. And uh, Tennessee looks poised. And I, I expect them to put up a fight in the SEC. Yeah, you thought that this was going to be a runaway win for Pitt uh, in the first half. I mean, Tennessee's defense looked very halfless in the, in the first half. Pittsburgh had two of their three offense possessions. Uh, they scored a touchdown, uh, all uh, big plays. Uh, they had a 76-yard run. Then they had a 57-yard pass uh, on a beautiful throw by, by Slovis. Uh, it really sucked uh, to see Keaton Slovis go out uh, with an injury. I'm not saying that uh, Pittsburgh still uh, wins this game, but – you got to give credit uh, to Tennessee's offense. They, they really bounced back after going down 17-7. to They really didn't back down from the challenge. As this game did go in overtime, uh, Tennessee was able uh, to find their star receiver, Cedric Tillman, in, in the end zone in Pittsburgh. Uh, didn't Well, they, they moved the ball a little bit, but on a fourth down, uh, Tennessee's defense uh, stepped up. Uh, so this is a really big win for Tennessee. I I really thought that if they win this game, this could potentially be a nine-win or a ten-win season. So now that's realistic. Uh, they get a little tune-up game uh, this weekend before they get Akron this weekend. And they the the face Florida, uh, who's uh, a really good team. I know that they lost to Kentucky, but Kentucky is going to be a team that's going to be a top of the SEC East uh, along with Georgia. But Pittsburgh, I think even with the loss, they've looked really good their first two games, uh, both high-scoring shootouts. So they. So the defense needs to get better uh, before ACC play. But I think this could be a team, once again, that we could see for competing in the ACC championship game. Yeah, pitch just got to stay healthy. I mean, you lose you lose your captain on defense in the fourth quarter there towards the end of the game, uh, and you lose your, your quarterback, you know, your transfer from USC, who's uh, the leader on offense there. So, I mean, you were playing shorthanded there at the end. They need to get healthy this week and uh, get ready for some SC, I'm sorry, for some ACC play. Uh, and I think they'll be ready to go for that. And then moving to our last game to cover on our recap for week two, that's Baylor, number nine Baylor, heading out to Provo, Utah, could not hang on uh, versus a number 21-ranked BYU team that put up 26 points, uh, six-point victory over Baylor in a tough, I mean, physical game. And it, it, had, it was like that last year, and, you know, Baylor came out on top last year playing at home. And it seems like home field advantage was the story of this series between these two teams. And uh, all credit to BYU. They look like a great team this year. And uh, they they really could be uh, the team to watch in the group of five. Or, you know, well, group of five, that being independent right now. Uh, and uh, they really look great. And, and I hope that they might be that team to squeak in that top ten spot at the end of the season. And I, and I hope they do for their sake because they've uh, they've struggled for a long time and uh, it seems like they got the right pieces there in the coaching staff and on the field in order in order to go deep yeah this was pretty much uh, the same story like last year's game is a very physical game uh, it was a 10 to 6 game in favor of BYU going into the half uh, both of the quarterbacks you know they have all the talent in the world but they really struggled uh, in this game I you just got to give credit to the defensive schemes I think that BYU has one of the best defense in the independent, and then Baylor has this, has one of the best uh, defenses in the Big 12. You could say along with Texas, uh, Texas is a defense really made a statement 
against Alabama. But going back to this game, I mean, this was a really back-and-forth game in the third quarter. I mean, Baylor came out, they scored a touchdown, and BYU was like, oh, not so fast. Uh, we're going to keep grinding at you. So, uh, you know, Baylor was up 13-10, to 10, and then BYU scored on back-to-back offense possession. So this game ended up did going to overtime. It did not only take one overtime, it took two overtimes. Like we saw in the NFL on Sunday, the kickers had a problem in the first overtime. Both kickers missed on their field goal attempts, so it went to second overtime. So Baylor wasn't able to, uh, to find the end zone, uh, but BYU was. But so this is a huge win uh, for BYU's sake if they want to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl game. We looked. We talked about it last week. BYU has a gauntlet of a schedule. They now have to face Oregon uh, coming up, and they have uh, Notre Dame and South Bend, and then they host Arkansas, uh, which is a team that vaulted into the top ten after their win against South Carolina. But Baylor, this is really no time to panic. I think they can be a team. Uh, I know that you picked them to win the Big Twelve. I, I had Baylor losing this game early on, but this could be a 10, 10 and two or eleven and one season. I think their schedule really sets up nicely for them. Absolutely. And uh, that's all for our week two recap. We're going to dive into week three here and our week three preview and games of the week is brought to you by Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, Go check them out. They are in Houston, Texas, uh, just south of town there. They are in the Heights and they have a beautiful view of downtown. Uh, Our boy over from Sports Scramble, Chet, headed out there a couple of weeks ago and and spoke with them and had a great time with them. And, And we look forward to getting out there as well and bringing you guys some content from there. Uh, but go check them out and uh, let us know what you think of what they got because they they have a extensive list uh, of beer to choose from. Uh, not only beer, they they do have other uh, things as well. And uh, pizza, they have great food, and uh, yeah. it looks it looks like it's a great time. So we'll have to get out there. And uh, if you guys do get us out, get out there, uh, send us a picture. Just a picture tag us in it, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, but moving on to the games of the week, first in the ACC, uh, Texas Tech going on the road to face the Wolfpack. Uh, NC State is ranked number 16 right now. That is interesting. And, uh, man, NC State looks like they are struggling right now to find out who they are early in this season. Uh, so this is a great game, too. Uh, Texas Tech last week, a uh, great game against Houston. That was a crazy game. And uh, – this is going to be a great game, I think. I, I'm probably going to take NC State at home, uh, just with the with the home field advantage there. But Texas Tech looks great. This could be a field goal game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really close game. I know that NC State is open up as a nine and a half. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that NC State has the capabilities of winning this uh, by ten points. So yeah, they really struggled in their season opener against East Carolina. Um, the quarterback play uh, wasn't great. Um, so hopefully in this game, you know, the offense shows up. Uh, Texas Tech uh, had a rough go, uh, especially stopping Clayton Toon uh, against Houston. But Texas Tech, you know, that was a great win uh, for them, beating a top 25 team. And now they get back-to-back weeks to be able to, to knock off a top, top 25 team uh, in NC State. NC State is playing at home, so I will give them the benefit of the doubt here. But I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech, this Red Raider team, because this offense is legit, and I just don't know that NC State has the weapons on the defensive side to stop them. So I could see this like a 34-31 type of game. I think that NC State uh, finally finds their rhythm against a lackluster Texas Tech uh, uh, defense. So I'm going to go uh, 34-31 uh, NC State. They get it done at home. Yeah, yeah, I'd say about the same with that. Uh, I- I'm probably going to go 
Probably, I'll probably go 31, 31 28 in this game. It's gonna be a close game. Uh, and then moving to our second ACC matchup, it is an ACC versus SEC matchup. Uh, number 13, Miami, kind of lurking under the shadows, is going on the road to uh, College Station uh, to face off 24 ranked Texas AM. Yes, they are still ranked barely. I don't know how uh, after losing such a game. I mean, they dropped a long ways. And, uh, this is going to be a good game, I think. I, I think this has the potential for Miami uh, covering the spread, whatever that may be. Uh, I think Miami can can win this game single-handedly with offense. Uh, defensively, they're okay. Uh, I would like to see them step up a little bit more on defense. They're, but uh, I, I think A&M is, is just not where they need to be, and, and they're falling and falling fast. Yeah, well, I know that you were saying that Miami is going to cover the spread, but actually Texas A&M is a six-point home favorite. But, uh, yeah, looking at Miami, this was a team that put up 70 points against Bethune-Cookman. They kind of struggled last week against Southern Miss. I mean, Southern Miss was leading at one point. It was 10-7, to but then Miami and Tyler Van Dyke scoring back. So I think the offensive side, yes, Miami has the advantage. The defensive side is probably still Texas A&M. I just think that how are these – how is this secondary to Texas A&M? Because Miami really has some dudes uh, on the outside that can beat you down the field. And Tyler Van Dyke, you know, he's a, he's one of the you know most underrated quarterbacks uh, in, the, in the ACC. All the hype is around Clemson's quarterback and DJ Uangale and then NC State's uh, quarterback. I can't remember his name. Can you remember his name? <laughs> For um, NC State. I uh, – oh. Oh, man. It's going to – I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. NC State fans, if you're there, please help us out. Uh, but <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Texas A&M at home here. I know that they just lost to App State, but I just think that I don't know what I think why that they're going to win. But I just don't see this team, you know, losing back-to-back weeks. Uh, they do have a gauntlet of a schedule ahead. They af- Literally after this game, they have to face Arkansas uh, the next week. So, and then they have to face Alabama in a couple of weeks. So this could be a team, if they don't, you know, pick it up on the offensive side, that this team can start off the season two and seven. That is not out of the realm of possibility, especially with offense. Uh, but I'm going to go with Texas A&M at, at home. I think that Miami showed a little bit of weaknesses against Southern Miss. They did win the game, yes, but they did struggle in the first half. That's been a team, that, you know, that – Hasn't shown the capability of starting off fast. I know that Texas A&M's offense has been a net, but I'm going to go with the Aggies just because they're at home. I think they're going to be motivated. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And moving into the next conference, we'll go to the Big Ten. Uh, big matchups here, Big Ten SEC matchup here. Uh, number 22, Penn State, goes on the road to face Auburn and Jordan-Hare. Uh, going to be a great game, I think. Uh, afternoon game in Jordan-Hare, so it should be – should be a lively one. Uh, Penn State is ranked right now. They did move up to 22 after their uh, pretty decisive win over uh, Ohio. I mean, that was that was brutal, brutal beatdown. But um, yeah, I think it, the story for this game is is that can Sean Clifford and the Nittany Line offense show that they can be uh, close to the top team in the Big Ten uh, early in the season and beat and beat an SEC opponent uh, on the road. I think that's the biggest test. It's been a long time since Penn State's played an SEC team on the road and uh this is their opportunity. 
it's going to be loud. It's going to be wild. Um, but I've, I've got belief in Penn State, I think. I, Penn State right there, I think, is the three-point favorite right now uh, on the road. And I think I'd give them a touchdown in this game. Kind of like last year when they played in State College. I think it's going to be one of those. Uh, but I'll give it to Penn State. Uh, 34, man, uh, I don't know. 34-27, I think, in this one. I think they'll pull it out. I think they have the offense for it. Yeah, this is going to be a tough road environment. This was a really good game uh, last year. Uh, we saw Sean Clifford versus Bo Nix, but now this year it's Clifford versus TJ Finley. Auburn last week uh, did not look very good. Uh, Tink Bigsby uh, did score a touchdown, but he only had 40 yards rushing. Uh, Tink Bigsby, you know, Penn State, that was the reason why well, they won the game. They absolutely took Tink Bigsby out of the game last year, and they had to – you know, let Bo Nix win the game. And if you know Bo Nix is a quarterback, then they're going to lose uh, that game every time. Uh, but I'm really impressed with Penn State, especially their week one win uh, against Purdue and then against Ohio team that's going to compete in the MAC. They absolutely blew the doors off of them. And Nick Singleton's looking like, you know, the next Saquon Barkley. He had 10 carries on 100 and what, like 50 yards and a touchdown. So he had a very good game. I think that the running game against an Auburn defensive front and Auburn is still a young defensive front. Uh, there's still a lot of freshmen and sophomores. It's not the Auburn defense that we've seen in, in previous years with Gus Malzahn. Uh, but I just think that this Auburn team just not, does not know what's coming to them. Uh, they will be looking for the revenge factor, as Penn State did get uh, the win last year in the wideout. But like you mentioned, uh, Penn State is the road favorite here at three. I'm going to give them more than that. I think it's going to be 31-17. I think that Penn State is just too overmatched. Uh, Auburn is too overmatched in this one. Penn State is just the talent disparity in this one. I just think that the better quarterback play as well. I just don't think that T.J. Finley is going to have much success against uh, Penn State's defense, especially with J.P.J. Uh, in the secondary, one of the best. So I'm going to go with Penn State on the road. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an excellent game, and I know I will be watching it for sure. I wanted to go to the game. Just I can't afford tickets at $185 a piece. That's a lot of money for, for tickets to travel for me for four hours. Uh, but then moving to our next game, Michigan State, ranked number 11 right now, hanging on right now where they are. Uh, they go on the road to face off against a very uh, new and improved Washington Huskies team. I think uh, – this could be a game to watch. I know this was your upset. I think this was your upset of the week pick Yeah, uh, for this game. And it very well could be. Michigan State looks like they're hanging on. They haven't played anybody really this year. And uh, this is going to be their first test. And I hope they're ready for it because uh, I know Washington will be. Uh, and they'll be loud there for, for a late game uh, at home. Yeah, I did put uh, Michigan State on upset alert here. I do uh, still have faith in Peyton Thorne. Uh, there's no Kenneth Walker anymore, though, in the backfield. So I think that Washington's defense is going to try, you know, put Michigan State, uh, uh, you know, not really focus on the run game, but focus on Peyton Thorne, you know, and the receivers. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a very defensive battle. Michigan State's uh, defense is still on par from what we saw for last year's team. And then Washington, the real – Story in this one is Michael Penix Jr. He has faced this Michigan State team before, and he, he has this Big Ten experience. This is a tough road trip. Michigan State has traveled out west. They had a couple of games uh, with Oregon. They did uh, have success. I think it was like a 33-30 win uh, whenever Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. So 
I think that Michael Pinks Jr. has really given some life into this Washington team. So I'm going to pick the Huskies to upset Michigan State. They are the two-point favorite. I think it's going to be a very close battle, a very defensive battle. But I'm going to go 24-23. to I think it's going to go down to the wire. Could see a game-winning field goal or something crazy like that. But I'm going to go with Washington. I think they start the season 3-0, and Michigan State fans are wondering why are we overhyped this year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Washington as well in this one. I think they're the the pick for me in this one. I'm going to go 21-17. I think they hold on at home. Uh, it'd be a great game, and I look forward yeah. to it. And moving on to the Big 12 from big to big, uh, a game that's going to be uh, – we look. We would have looked at this game last year. It would have made no sense for us to cover it. But this year it's different. Uh, Kansas is – the Jayhawks are going – on the road to Houston uh, to face off against the Cougars. I think this will be a great game here. Uh, Kansas looks like a completely different ball team this year. It is, it's wild. And uh, I hope they're ready for it. I think it's going to be a close one. I still have Houston winning this game by at least two touchdowns. I think I'm going to go 28, 14 in this one. Uh, I just think Houston has too many stars uh, on offense and, and on the defensive end. Uh, in order to uh, for Kansas to pull out a win. Well, I think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout. Once again, Kansas just put up 56 points uh, on a West Virginia defense that struggled in week one against Keaton Slovis. Like you mentioned, like a, a new head coach, a uh, new era in Kansas. Uh, so this new offense is looking really good. The defense pretty much looks the same. They gave up like 42 points uh, in the loss against West Virginia. So I think this is going to be like maybe the high 30s or the low 40s. I think that both – I mean, both quarterbacks are very experienced. Houston has Clayton Toon, a lot of receivers that can beat you downfield. Kansas pretty much has the same thing. Uh, you know, Houston just lost to a Big 12 team, so can they go, you know, 1-1 one one or do they go 0-2? I want to go with Kansas here, but at home I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. Uh, people are, you know, just picking Houston to run away with this. But I'm going to give uh, Houston the 41 to 38 win over the Jayhawks. Wow, very high scoring game. So yeah, it is. Take the take the over in that yeah, game for sure. I don't know what the over is, but it's going to be over. Uh, yeah. Probably it's like 56. <laughs> and uh, our next game and our last game of the Big 12, uh, UTSA and the Roadrunners headed to Austin to face off against the now ranked 21 Texas Longhorns team. Uh, look, this. Uh, this could be a very good game, I think. I think people are going to overlook this game. Uh, it, it might come down to the wire, and I've got it being really close because Texas is without their starting quarterback. Uh, your potential starter for you know that we talked about in the offseason was Hudson Card, but this is his opportunity now. He is the starter uh, with Ewers out for a very long time, it looks like. So uh, I think that uh, – it's a completely different offense. They struggled to score with Hudson Card on the field, and UTSA is a scoring team. Um, I, I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go 34-33, and I'm going to give the win to UTSA on the road. I think they have the offense in order to beat this team. Wow. I mean, yeah, I could see this. This is, you know, Texas coming off that emotional game. I mean, what is, you know, what I want to know is, like, what is the emotion, you know, after that game going into the week of practice? Because I know, like, you know, these are still, you know, 20-year-olds and then you have 19, 18-year-olds on this team. 
it's going to be very hard because I think that most of, of the Texas players think that they should have had that game. Like they sh- should have dominated that game if Quinn Ewers uh, wasn't in the game. But now, like you mentioned, Hudson Card, uh, he's going to really man. He's he's given the keys for the next like four to six weeks. Uh, so in those four weeks is going to be the Oklahoma Red River rivalry game. So that that really you know like all the hype around Texas, you know, I think fell apart, especially with Quinn Ewers uh, going down. I believe that Texas uh, definitely has a defensive advantage. I, th- I think, though, UTSA has the offense of advantage. I think that this is an experienced bunch. This was a level one team last year. I don't know what people are forgetting about UTSA. They did lose to Houston in week one, but Houston is going to be a team uh, on top of the American along with, uh, with Cincinnati. Um, I kind of want to go with UTSA here as well, but I just think that Texas's defense is going to have a game plan. I think it's going to be closer than the people think. I don't think that Texas is going to blow them out. I think that Texas in this game, I think they're going to start off very slow because they're still going to have that hangover from the Alabama game. It's a big game, uh, but I'm going to have this game uh, finishing close. I'm going to go Texas 31 to 24 over UTSA. Both both close picks for us there. And moving out west to the Pac-12. Uh, great games here. BYU, uh, like we mentioned, going on the road, they're going to Eugene to play uh, Oregon. This is going to be a good game, I think. Uh, BYU has jumped up 10 spots, uh, so they are inside of the top 15 now at 11, and uh, Oregon is now sitting at 25, uh, hanging on barely in the top 25. Uh, I think this is a no contest, and I think that uh, BYU absolutely uh, runs over Oregon, even though they're playing in Eugene. Uh, I've got it being, shoot, a 45-14 to 14 game, and I don't Jeez. think BYU is going to let up. Yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout in this one. Yeah, I really have question mark around Oregon. Like, you know, they get absolutely blown out in week one against Georgia. The question I've always been having is, is Georgia that good or is Oregon just terrible? Is there just a terrible football team? That's really what I've been asking. We can't. So I think that this is going to be the game that, you know, really is a measuring stick for how Oregon finishes the season. Uh, quarterback advantage, obviously, BYU. Uh, Bo Nix has shown some flashes throughout his college career, but I just think consistency-wise, BYU has that. Defensive-wise, BYU gets that as well. So I'm going to actually go BYU here. Uh, I know it's a tough environment. Oregon hardly ever loses at Austin Stadium, but they lose here. I just think that BYU, from top to bottom, literally every category from offense to special teams, BYU is just a better team. Now, the better teams always don't ever win. So, But I have confidence in BYU. I know that they're coming off an emotional victory against uh, Baylor, but I think they're going to flip the script here, wipe it away. I mean, Kalani Sitaki, I think, is one of the most underrated uh, college football coaches. I don't think he gets the respect. Uh, that the experts think experts, you know, say like, oh, like Nick Saban this and then Ryan Day and all that. But Kalani Sataki is doing a fantastic job because BYU's, you know, turning into one of the powers in the group of five. So and then they're going to be going on to the Big 12. So we saw them face Baylor. We'll be seeing that. I'm going to go with BYU. I think they win by two touchdowns here. I'm going to give them a 38, actually more than that, 38 to 21 victory over Oregon. I think they're just too overmatched. Yeah. And uh, the second game there in the Pac-12, Fresno State is going on the road to face off against USC in Pasadena. This is going to be a great game, I think. Uh, I know people are going, Fresno State? Really? I'm thinking, yeah, Fresno State, a team that's been ranked in the top 25, 
for some odd reason, uh, it seems like they've snuck in and uh, they've played in a lot of bowl games in the last few years. So uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I picked this on our other show to be the upset of the week. Um, it could be the upset of the week. And just for that, I'll, I'll have to pick Fresno State to win on the road at USC. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, shoot, man, it is going to be down to the wire. Uh, I'll have it a three-point victory for them. I'm going to go 40-37. I'll give it to Fresno State on the road. You have two teams on upset alert, Texas and USC both yes. losing that. That would send ESPN on an absolute <laughs> tear raid on, on Monday next week. Uh, but uh, this is not the USC of old. I think this is a new face, uh, especially Flink and Riley there. I mean, they I mean, they usually – well, going back to last year, they got blown out by Stanford. It was a 20-point loss. Now they flipped the script. They put up 41 points on a Stanford defense. That It's not the best defense in the Pac-12. It's, it's, Stanford is still a young team. Uh, but – I mean, the connection between Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison is just becoming the best one-two punch in college football. Now, Fresno State has the offense to compete in this game. It's just if can their defense create turnovers because that's what it's going to take. Fresno State did beat UCLA at UCLA last year. Uh, they had a game plan there. So I think they're going to have a game plan here, uh, but I just don't see this one being close. I know that Fresno State coming off the loss to Oregon State, it was a very good game back and forth. But USC, just too much offense. I'm going to give them a 42-28 win over Fresno State. Yeah. Uh, well, at least you're giving credit to Fresno State. With yeah. The- I think they're going to score, but I was saying that they're going to, they won't be able to contain Kale Williams in this yeah, high-powered offense. They're a red-hot team. And, yeah. And they seem like they struggled a lot in the first half against Stanford. That's why I think if, four, if somebody can compete with them for four quarters, I think they'll give them a run for their money. Uh, and it might be early in the season that that happens, and it could shake up a lot of what – we see come playoff time. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to the seems like the playoff conference, and that is the <laughs> SEC, our games of the week here. Mississippi State with a big win out there in Arizona coming back, and they will be going to Baton Rouge to face off against the LSU Tigers. Uh, great win for LSU last week. It's kind of a no-name win there. Expected. Yeah, I mean, Southern – putting up 86 uh, week one and then coming back down to reality and uh, LSU hanging a big fat 57 on them. 65 on them. 65. Sorry. Yeah. They scored 37 uh, points in the yes. first quarter, which broke a school record for the most points scored in a, in a quarter. Yeah. So Very yeah, a 65 point uh, game for LSU is, is something to look out for. Let's see if they can continue that into SEC play. Mississippi State looks really good offensively and defensively. Uh, This could be a very grinded-out game. I think it's probably a 10-point game. Uh, I'll give it – I'm going to give it to Mississippi State on the road. I think Mississippi State is the all-around better team here. Uh, LSU struggled against Florida State, and I think that coming home, inferior opponent – was kind of something they want to get their frustration out on. Uh, here for the second home game, Brian Kelly is going to start getting familiar with with Baton Rouge and, and what that crowd's going to be like. This will be the first SEC matchup, so he better get ready for that. Uh, and I, I think the Bulldogs, I think they're 
they've already played a, a road game, uh, you know, going all the way out there. So they've had a road trip. So I think they're they're ready. Uh, and I'll give it to Mississippi State. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm going to go – I'll probably go 28-17 here in this one. Uh, I'll give it to the Bulldogs on the road. Yeah, this is this is going to be a grinded out game. This this series has always uh, come to that. Uh, LSU does have the overall uh, record, but that doesn't really matter. I think that Mississippi State uh, has shown that they can compete in this game. Just go back to two years ago where they absolutely blew the doors off of LSU, put up 600 yards passing. I don't think it's going to be that much. I, I think that LSU's defense uh, will have a game plan. Mississippi State has looked very good in the first two weeks. Uh, absolute statement wins against Memphis and Arizona. Now Memphis and Arizona are probably going to be teams that are probably middle in the pack of their conferences. I'm not saying that they're going to win the conference, but they are improving football teams, especially Arizona. I mean, Arizona was a team last year that went 0-8 to start the year. So I think that Arizona, you saw it on Saturday night. They hang around with Mississippi State, but just too much offense. I mean, Will Rogers is one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the SEC. And Mississippi State is also one of the most veteran teams uh, in SEC. So I think that could be a problem for LSU. I know it's at home. Uh, it's going to be Saturday night in Death Valley at 5 o'clock. So the sun's still going to be out. But by the time fourth quarter rolls around, it will be uh, darkness over the stadium. But I think the the main key issue I have with LSU is their cornerback play against these receivers. Against Because we know that Mississippi State likes to run uh, – well, they do like to run the ball at times when they can. Uh, but Mississippi State is an air raid offense, so Real Rodgers is going to throw 40, 50 passes this game. And LSU's defense, you know, had their moments against Florida State when they really struggled against those receivers. I mean, Florida State had a 6-7 receiver, uh, and then they had that trick play where Makai Garner didn't know where he was uh, playing defense. Uh, so I think that the quarterback play here is probably pretty even. I think that Jaden Daniels ha- has shown me – good signs but the also concern here i know i'm going so deep i mean you can see in the back that i'm a lsu guy so i'm going to go into this more uh but lsu's offensive line has really struggled especially against florida state and this mississippi state defensive line it's got some dudes on it so i think this is going to struggle i know i have the lsu stuff in the back but i'm gonna go mississippi state in this one i think uh i just think that they're going to be too much for this lsu team I know that Jacob is so shocked, uh, but I did pick uh, Mississippi State as a dark horse team to potentially win the SEC West in the preseason, especially with – I know that they have, you know, an insane schedule. Don't get me wrong. They still have to play Bama, still have to play Georgia. So I think this is a swing game for whoever wins this one. If LSU wins, I think eight wins is still on the card. Mississippi State, if they lose, though, I mean, this season could go downhill. I think this could be a six-win or seven-win team because their schedule is that tough. But I think I'm going to go Mississippi State. I think they're more experienced bunch here. I know that LSU has some new faces. I mean, most of these guys haven't even faced SEC competition. So that's my main concern with me. I know that they look good against Southern, but Southern, you know, no offense to them. They're a swag school. It's like LSU's here and Southern was way down here on Saturday night. Let's be real. But going to go Mississippi State. It's going to be a close one. Uh, But I'm going to give them the 27-24 win against LSU. Great. Great game, and uh, yeah, it'll be. I think Mississippi State, yeah, I think they have the experience. I think, yeah, have, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem. I mean, I'm gonna be honest here, I'm an LSU fan, I'm not gonna pick them to win every game. I know that they showed really no life in the first half against Florida State, so that's gonna be a big concern. I think that if LSU 
if they start fast, they have a shot. But, you know, they can't get down uh, against Mississippi State. So I just think uh, LSU has the defensive line to contain uh, if Mississippi State were to run the ball. But I just think that the, the secondary is might have a chance to get exposed in this matchup. Yeah, and getting off to a fast start in the SEC is yeah very, very – I think whoever wins this one uh, will be, you know, at the end of it could be that third place or potentially even second place team the way, you know, the SEC West looks very open. Absolutely. And our team that is leading the way <laughs> in the SEC and really hadn't played anybody up until this game right here, uh, Georgia's going to have to go on the road and face off against South Carolina uh, – the Gamecocks got a whole new offense now with Spencer Rattler, a quarterback. It looks completely different. Uh, Doesn't look of, good. Yeah. Heck of a weird look. And uh, Arkansas kind of single-handedly took them down uh, pretty easily this week. And uh, it looks like Georgia can walk into this game and walk out uh, unscathed in this one. I think that uh, I think they'll win this game pretty easily. I don't think they have a problem with putting up 45 in this one. So I'm going to go 45-21, and I'll take the dogs. Yeah, South Carolina has struggled in both of their games. Even against Georgia State, you know, they really struggled coming out the gate. Spencer Rattler, I don't know if he's a guy for South Carolina. They should have just kept on to Ryan Helinski at this rate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, South Carolina's defense uh, really struggled against Arkansas. Arkansas put up 44 points against uh, K.J. Jefferson. Really had a phenomenal game. Uh, Sets and Bennett didn't have to do too much last weekend against uh, Sanford. They put up 33 points. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go Georgia big in this one. I'm going to go 45-13. to 13. I don't think that South Carolina offense has what it takes to score against this Georgia defense. You know, that doesn't really look like they skipped a beat from last year, even though they had like five first-round picks. But I'm going to go Georgia big in this one uh, against South Carolina. So, sorry, Gamecock fans. Yeah. And then moving on, drum roll, please. The group of five game of the week here. So the Troy Trojans have to go on the road. They're going to boom. College game day, baby. He's going yes, there. That's why I put it on here. Odd. This is strange. And I'm glad I'm happy college game day is going. This is fantastic for the game of college football. In uh, the Troy Trojans will be going on the road to Boone, North Carolina to face off against App State. App State is still not ranked, even though they beat the sixth ranked team in the country. Uh, and I think it's only because of their tough game that they had against North North Carolina. I think if they win that game single-handedly, uh, outright pretty easily, I think North they North Carolina's are like looking 20s. like a good football team. So they far. are, and I warned you early on in the season. I, I, I warned you. <laughs> I said, it looks like the ACC. It looks like North Carolina could be a pretty good team in the ACC, and uh, it looks like it is showing uh, early on. Uh, but for this game, it, it could be a blowout. This could be a – a blowout and i think it probably will be app state coming home uh off of a big win i think it'll be a sold out crowd there and uh i expect app state to win this one they put up a lot of points man a lot uh i'm gonna go 52 13 in this one yeah it's big we need to bet on this game then i think app state wins this game uh by a lot I, i don't see troy putting up much of a fight in this one Wow, that might be Jacob's lock of the week uh, uh, right there. Uh, but I think that, you know, like I always say, oh, is this team going to have a letdown? I don't think this is the case here. I think that this team knows that college game day is going, how big of a spotlight that they're going to get. I know this game's not like nationally televised, but I think that they should have 
been nationally televised. Looking at the games, there's really not much. I mean, I think that I don't even know the ABC game uh, this week. Uh, let me let me check real quick. Uh, let's see the ABC game. I don't even know. Is there even ABC? Oh yeah, it's Michigan State and Washington. Well, I guess that that's favorable, but I feel like if you're you know college game is going there, you should you know give App State you know the national spotlight here of calling it ABC. But that's just me. Uh, but you know Troy, uh, we, they showed in week one they gave Ole Miss a run for their money. They lost that game twenty eight to ten. Uh, but Ole Miss defense really shut them down. So I don't think that Troy has offense to really keep up with this. And this is a big game in the Sun Belt. Uh, Troy is one and one. App State is one and one. So whoever wins this one, you know, could be, you know, p- could put themselves uh, at the top. You know, I, I could see Louisiana uh, up there as well. Marshall could be up there. I mean, the Sun Belt, I'm going to say, is the best conference in the damn land right now. Come at me. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I'm gonna go with App State in this one. I think they win pretty handily. I mean, I'm just gonna give all the love. App State, growing up, I've loved this team, especially uh, their upset against Michigan. Just they're just a school that you can love growing up in college football. So I'm gonna go with Appalachian State here. I'm gonna go 42 to 20. I think that App State gets it done here. I think this, you know, they're a 14 point favorite. We might have to put that on our parlay. We might have to, yeah. I think that's that's a definite on the parlay there. Uh, but that's all for our games of the week. Tyler, I want to let you take the news here in a minute. Yep. But first, uh, our second sponsor of this show is Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, head over to www.righteousfelon.com and use promo code OCSN uh, for your 15% off for their beef jerky. Uh, they have everything you could think of in the most creative names. Uh, I know Chet just went through a whole bag last night of their barbecue style. So uh, I might have to get some of that. So, um, or I might go through it all. I might get fat, but um, I need to, I need to slim down as it is. Uh, so I might have to stay away, but for you folks that do enjoy your jerky, uh, I think this is a great uh, a great deal for you guys. So head over to RighteousFelon.com and use that promo code OCSM for 15% off of your beef jerky. Tyler, go ahead and take it with the news, sir. Yeah, so we had some big news. Uh, we I posted this on the description of the show. Uh, big news coming out of Nebraska. And, and this was, was pretty warranted, especially after the showing against Georgia South, Southern uh, in week two. Uh, and then uh, actually in week three, that was. Uh, so... Uh, well, actually week two, I forgot that they played week zero. Week These week yeah. zero, it just like messes up with my head. But I just think that the showing last year going three and nine, this was pretty much like, hey, this is your, your get it done year or you're gone. And this, you know, they start one and two. Uh, they don't like that in Nebraska. Nebraska, you know, was a powerhouse uh, back in the day in the 90s with uh, Tom Osborne. They named the field after him. You know, even if, you know, literally last year, whenever Nebraska was three and nine, they packed they packed every game, you know, that the fan base is one of the most loyal fan bases. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be packed <laughs> going now because now they have to face Oklahoma this week and they're probably going to get their, the, the doors blown off of them, but maybe, you know, they show up, you know, maybe Scott Frost uh, was the problem, but uh, I'm going to read the buyout here. It was a 15. Uh, he will receive the $15 million buyout. So he receives his money in Nebraska tell him, get the hell out of here. We don't want you anymore. Uh, but the buyout amount, look at this, would have dropped to seven and a half million on October first. So this actually really says something that Nebraska wanted is to do out of here as soon as possible because they could have saved a little bit of money 
But I think it's going to be a little bit too late. If October 1st, I'm not saying that this is going to change anything about Nebraska this season. But, you know, this was a team going into this season with a lot of expectations. I mean, Kirk Hertzried picked Nebraska to win the Big Ten West, which I wasn't really, you know, high on them. I had them going eight and four, but I didn't have them go like 10 and two or nine and three. I think they were going to compete in the Big Ten West, but not anymore. I, I just think that they're going to be at the bottom uh, along with Northwestern. I think that Northwestern, we know that game, that, that win now is fluky. That Northwestern is actually the Northwestern team we thought uh, of the season, uh, now losing to Duke, who's probably going to be in the middle of the pack there in the ACC. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who Nebraska goes after. I know that they had, you know, Mark Stoops on the possible. But Mark Stoops is not leaving Kentucky, so uh, that's not going to happen. He's built uh, an absolute monster of a program at Kentucky. He's in the top 10. That man is not leaving for a dumpster fire for Nebraska, trying to do it again. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who Nebraska hires. Uh, it's probably going to have to be another group of five school. Um, maybe you hire the App State coach. I think that would be a good hire. App State, you know, that coach has proven that he can win big games. Just look at this past weekend. So I think it's going to be the group of five. I just don't know if you're going to get, you know, a coach. Like maybe you go after Luke Fickle. Maybe, you know, like throw the fishing pole out to see if he see if he bites at it. But, yeah, it's going to have to be probably someone from the group of five because I don't think that anyone in the power five level is going to accept the job. But maybe, we, you know, we see a, a guy like Bill O'Brien, the Alabama OC, take the job as well. I've heard that name as well. I was just thinking about that too. Yeah. Maybe Bill O'Brien. So, but here's the thing. I think if this job is available last year, I think Manny Diaz yeah. this job, to be honest with you. Uh, since it is now available and Nebraska decided to pay full price instead of 50% off on October 1st. <laughs> 50% uh, off on your new coach buyout. Yeah, so um, that is not a sponsor, guys. But, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it was an interesting move, and I think it was a statement move by the university. Uh, that hurts to get fired by your alma mater. I mean, that 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 does hurt. And uh, I think he, he just hasn't shown up. What is he, 16 and 31? I yeah, think 16 and 31. That is – not That's good. Close. I think I think Bo Pelini had a better record. <laughs> I think so. The, I think he did. I mean, I think that Nebraska was always like an eight-win or a nine-win team, so I don't know why they, like, booted him out so well, but they wanted, you know, the face of Nebraska football and Scott Frost. Uh, I think a lot of Nebraska fans thought that, you know, Frost was going to be the savior, especially, you know, after that, that national championship year uh, at UCF, but – he just didn't prove, you know, you can win the big games uh, and, you know, compete in the Big Ten. No. <laughs> All right, so our next news is that Notre Dame's uh, starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, uh, has a shoulder injury. He's going to miss four months. So let's actually – so the question I have to you is how this is going to affect Notre Dame. And let's go through their schedule here real quick. We're going to go through every game, and you give me the win or loss, and we're going to see how this affects. So four months <laughs> – we're in the month of September, so isn't that pretty much the rest of the season that he's out? So, yeah. So, Notre Dame has already lost to Ohio State 21-10. to 10. Then they lost an embarrassment against Marshall. I think Marshall is going to be a team. We've already said it in the Sun Belt that can compete. But if you're in Notre Dame, you can't lose a game like this. So, they are 0-2 currently. So, do you have them winning this weekend at home against Cal? Yes, I'll give okay. them a win at home against Cal. One and two, we have them. One and two, I agree. I think that Notre Dame gets them here. Then they go on the road to your North Carolina Tar Heels, who you're high on. You have them win here. 
I don't have them winning. I have the Tar Heels pulling it out at home. So two and two. I think that North Carolina's offense would be too much. I think that with a backup quarterback, be how are you one and three. It would be one and three. Yeah, one and three. My bad. One and three. So yeah, like the question I have here: How would you generate points to keep up with North Carolina? That's the question. Then uh, they host BYU. Do they get the win here? No, I, no, BYU is too powerful. No, there's no way. All right, so we have them one into four. All right, then they host. They have another home game against Stanford. I think they can win at home against. I think they can win at home against Stanford. I don't think Stanford is yeah. a roadworthy team. I think yeah. they can win that. So they're sitting at two and four right now. Then they have a home game against UNLV. Do we have them getting the win against yes. the Run Rebels? All right, so yes. they're three and four. Now they have a road trip here. Syracuse. This is a team that's looking very good. They I've got Syracuse. I've got Syracuse winning in the in the Carrier Dome. Well, not the Carrier Dome anymore, but the Dome. In the Dome. <laughs> so we have them three and five. Then they face their next challenge. Fifth rank Clemson at home. Do they get the win? There's no possible way. Uh, no, I think Clemson is is too powerful, and I think. I think DJ is uh, ultimately not going to be the answer for Clemson this year, and I think they're going to go to the to the backup. All right, so we have them three and six in the month of November. Now they go on the road here, annual game here of Navy. Do they take that game? I think they can beat Navy. Navy's not the team that they were a few years ago. I think they can win that game. So four and six, and then they go back home, Boston College. Do they get the win here? Uh, no, I think this is a sneaky game. I think Boston College is better than what they what they look like. Mm. Um, tough game against Rutgers to open the season. I think that Boston College can win that game. So four and seven. Now their final game, annual rivalry game at USC. Do they win that game? There's no way they can beat USC in Pasadena. They'll finish four and eight. There's no way they can they can uh, beat a Trojans team as powerful as them. So what would you think that Notre Dame's would feel? Four and eight, Marcus Freeman. Are they, you know, heating up his hot seat quite yet? Are they giving him, you know, one or two more seasons? I think they'll give him one or two more seasons. I think it's probably going to be a three-year stint if he doesn't produce and get them at least a New Year's Six bowl game and they're not, you know, consistently right there in that New Year's Six slot uh, at the end of the season or, you know, when we get to that point and they're not in the top 12 and in their – competing for a playoff I think they give him the boot I, I just I don't know if it's I don't think it's he's too young and I think he's mature enough and I think he knows what the job entails I mean he's been there he's been at top programs be, playing for Ohio State uh, being on the staff at Ohio State and and Cincinnati I think that he knows what what the job is uh, it's just it seems like the team hasn't found out their identity yet. And for Notre Dame not to find their identity at this stage of the ball game, you've had all spring and summer in order to, or, you know, spring to figure it out and summer to figure it out. And you just hadn't yet. And I think it's too, too little too late for that at, right now at the start of the season. So uh, yeah, I think they're going to really struggle this year with that schedule. Yeah, so we have them going from a top five team to a four and eight, so that would not be a good look. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't really think it should fall on the head coach quite yet. I mean, this was only his third game, like I mentioned. It's definitely a 
not a good look to lose uh, at Marshall. I think it's more on the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. I don't think he's that great of offense coordinator. Uh, Notre Dame's offense is just too vanilla uh, for the 2022 college football season. I mean, Marshall's offense looked way better. They actually you know, look like an, an offense. But this Notre Dame offense just cannot put up points, you know, to keep up with a team. You know, they're going to have, like, a team like BYU who can score points. North, they're going to have to go on the road to North Carolina with Drake May, who's going to put up probably 30 points on you. So, like, there's no way that they have the offense to generate. You know, if they get into a shootout, they can't really afford that because their offense is so vanilla. So, I think the OC needs to go. Yeah, I think it's time for some change early in the season in South Bend. Something's got to change because yeah. this Notre Dame fans, you know, they, you know, see themselves as one of, you know, the best – uh, programs in all of college football. I believe they are. They definitely have this history, but just really hasn't shown, you know, the past couple of years. I mean, they made the playoff, you know, whenever Brian Kelly was there, but every year, you know, every time they get there, they just get absolutely blown out. Yeah, I think it's a tale of the tape, and uh, it's one where the 100 years team is looking like they're starting to fall apart. Yeah. Uh, but, folks, that's going to be it for our show uh, here. If you guys want to follow us, uh, check us out on Facebook at CFB Coast to Coast or on Twitter at CFB underscore Coast to Coast. Uh, man, it's going to be a good week three, a crazy week two. Now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of uh, conference play and, and what's going to happen here. And I'm looking forward to it. And we'll be rolling out our parlay for for the week uh, soon enough. And I think uh, – it's going to be well anticipated to see what some of these teams do and if they can stake uh, stake their claim to be atop of their conference. Uh, but, guys, you can see us again next Monday afternoon around 3 o'clock. You can see us again for our Week 3 recap and the preview for Week 4. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for joining me again, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.